Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network, a new connection-based training platform that breaks down regional barriers and connects coaches and athletes anytime, anywhere. You're an athlete and love to push yourself. Who's guiding you? As an athlete, you can filter and search our library to find the perfect coach or sign up for a membership to get video feedback and comments from our coaches all over the world. As a coach, you can set up your profile and advertise your credentials, set your own price for video reviews or direct messaging to ensure your rates reflects the value of your time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network and welcome to the future of sports coaching. The Martin family is honored to have all four Starrettes in their first appearance together on a podcast. Dr. Kelly and Juliet Starrett are iconic in the fitness world, having written and co-authored multiple New York Times bestsellers, are national and world champion athletes, and the co-founders of San Francisco CrossFit, Mobility Wad, and The Ready State. Additionally, they work with a multitude of top-tier pro athletes and organizations. We are so very lucky to have connected way back in 2005 and to have them both as friends and mentors. Georgia, a high school senior, is the current water polo team captain at her school, rode for the mountain biking team. She skis, bikes, paddles, has played volleyball and trained in Muay Thai, and attended Junior Olympics training. Caroline, at 13, recently attended the Junior Olympics Development Program for Water Polo at Colorado Springs, riverboarded the Lower Gorge South Fork of the American this summer, has done MMA, volleyball, soccer, ballet, gymnastics, and weight training. We're here today to talk with all four amazing Starettes and a few Martins about our perspectives both on raising and growing up in a healthy, fitness-focused family. So welcome everybody to the Youth Fitness Podcast. We're here with the uh, Starette family. We've got Kelly, Juliet, Georgia, and Caroline. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We're, uh, we're really excited to talk to you and the, the whole family. I think this is the first for... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to break the podcast internet right now. This is really cool. Thank you, guys. This is fun. Absolutely. Well, you guys are just quiet now for the first time in your lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we grew up with a fitness family, and we thought it'd be awesome to talk to another fitness family and kind of get the kids' perspective, because believe it or not, around our dinner table every night, I get the kids' perspective of what it was like to grow up in my family. So uh, I'd like to hear somebody else's family talk about it. I'm sure they'll have lots of opinions. And and that's the thing. I mean, we we tell stories and realize everybody has a different version of the story with a little different spin and color. And so it's just kind of fun. And we're just hoping to chat with you guys a little bit about growing up in a really fitness focused family. And man, you guys are the top of the food chain on that. So the first thing we're thinking, and I'll start with Georgia, if you don't mind, Georgia, is to give us a snapshot of growing up in House Starrette. I think the first thing I would say is that our fridge is always full with vegetables, and pretty much that's it. I think that's a big part. And eggs. (laughs) Vegetables and eggs. Some kind of protein. And like that, that was a big part of it is learning how to eat really well. 
and that's since then transferred into my teenage years but like that's what I can remember like most significantly as growing up was that I always had like vegetables to eat (laughs) not like you actually wanted to eat at them no but like but like I think nutrition was a big part of it and like it wasn't that we were eating like paleo 100% of the time as six and seven year olds but like there was always like a balance in the house and I think that was really important for me to learn early and it has since transferred into how I eat now I did not think you would lead with nutrition that's very interesting I know I know what What, do you think I was gonna say was it always like that I mean, yeah, yeah. Because like, we went through all kinds of. Oh, yeah. I've got a good story for you guys. There's a funny one. We always had vegetables and, and eggs too. But uh, yeah, it wasn't always like that, right? Like we found CrossFit when I was 10. And uh, the big thing back then was the zone diet. So we kind of dove headfirst into that. And as the family, we were like, we're going to do the zone. And uh, I think I remember telling my parents <laughs> I, I wanted to be in the ozone for a while, just kind of hang out there and like, dabble with it a little bit but it was like hey we're eating these this number of blocks and this much protein at every meal uh we dove we dove full on into it and uh i remember getting a new mattress and the box spring underneath it uh was a really great hiding spot for uh candy and treats contraband yeah contraband and uh my brother and I were playing a game. We were playing like hide and seek and Connor reached up underneath the bed and he felt like the whole cutout that I had made in the box spring to hide all of my uh, snacks and he felt a bag. And so he was like thinking the worst. So he goes and rats on me like a good old, yeah, Connor always did that. So he went and ratted on me and then uh, my parents uh, confronted me. It was like a giant bag of Jolly Ranchers or something. So how, uh, my question is, how hard did you guys like go against that were you were you right off the bat were you all in on it or I I would say Bear is more suitable for this question because she likes to hide a lot of candy in our house (laughs) I think I definitely had my I definitely had my phases but also like I guess when I was younger I was always like oh our house is so healthy like we have horrible snacks like what are you guys doing (laughs) like now I guess there, I have a greater appreciation for it, but like bear, bear is the one that hides the candy still for sure. Um, recently a couple, <laughs> about a year or two, uh, maybe last year, I had a whole box of candy left over from Halloween. My dad came in my room and asked where it was. And I said, I didn't have it. Caroline really literally looked like our dog. She goes, I was like, Hey bear, where's that candy? And there's a big pause. She's like, what candy? And then she, looks up in the corner of the closet and then looks down at me and I was like oh it's up there and she was just like ah. I think there's the box is still up there the box is still I learned there. I learned after that uh the finding of the bag of jolly ranchers that you've got to divide it so it's got to Yeah be- you can't have one spot yeah well, no. I'll add something to this too, is that we just maybe a couple months ago had some friends. We were out of town and we had some friends staying at our house and we have this guest room, which is kind of like a TV room also. And so their daughter was sleeping in the guest room bed, which is like a pullout bed. And they they said, wow, you know, when Elizabeth pulled the pullout bed, there were like 5,000 candy wrappers underneath the couch. (laughs) So, you know, that's it's this called one. A, that's I think this they one call right that here. a teen space. That's yeah, like yeah, yeah. That, that was this space. one. Yeah, That's hey, how you roll. So, so I want to finish that story. There's always one. Because the story, not quite quite, quite finished, when, Con- when Connor found that bag, what we did was go in 
dump out the Jolly Rogers. We filled it with almonds and uh, fish oil and put it back up in the bed. <laughs> oh, oh, without him knowing, like before, he didn't oh, know. Absolutely. So, you know, coming, in, coming downstairs with, what's this? Where's my candy? Give it back. Give it back. <laughs> that is that. diabolical. That yeah. is truly That's, diabolical. That is diabolical, so I, and Jess. I just, That's I, diabolical. As a shout out, you know, we really, there's two things. One is I still think in blocks to this day. Yeah. yeah. I, I never did. I, I could like never think, get my mind I like to it. think of a, a little 10-year-old you counting almonds. That's so great. Like nine <laughs> almonds <laughs> is a snack. That's so well, great. So healthy. If you um, remember 10-year-old Keegan, he was about as, you know, about as big as round as my, my thumb. He was, yeah, I looked like I counted almonds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We really, um, I will say that Juliet and I uh, simultaneously were really trying to make sure that our kids ate food first. Right. And and slept second. And we uh, people always commented that our kids were pleasant and well behaved. And we just thought it was because we just didn't live exclusively on chicken nuggets and, and pizza. And our kids slept nine, 10, 11 hours a night. And that was honestly two thirds of the battle, I think, are those two things. And then, you know, Juliet can speak to this, but we were always hyper aware of not trying to create eating dysfunction for our growing women in our family, because it is, that is a real issue. And we see so many people in our neighborhood and even our neck of the woods who have disordered eating and who struggle. And, and, you know, as Juliet and I become, a, you know, middle-aged people, whatever that means, you know, we just don't have the tolerance in our system, but it is easy to inadvertently in an, an athlete family to pass on that dysfunction or that obsession yeah. with food onto your kids. Yeah. And, and I would just add to the story too. I love that G said that. And, and speaking of everyone having different perspectives, we do always have tons of vegetables and eggs in our fridge. And, and I think it's like a sad teenager fridge, but I always try to have what I call like this chip drawer. And it has like, it's like a drawer of carbs. And I do maybe even more than I think is good. Always try to have like some chips in there and cereal and more standard teenager snacks. George is really giving a solid no on, on my effort there. But, but part of that was just because I was like, I don't want to create the, like, this food is bad. Like no food is bad, you know? Yeah. Right. Like I really want to try to create a balanced approach for them because I also grew up in a super healthy household, except for we had like nothing ever. Your mom made granola. Yeah. And I would have, I was the kid with like the apple and the wheat bread sandwich with alfalfa sprouts on it. And that was like my entire lunch. And so then I became obsessed with Hillary Reynolds who was the kid with Captain Crunch and, you know, Twinkies and all that stuff. So, Coke wrap so and I, aluminum foil. I've tried to be like a little more balanced in that. So it's like they can actually, you know, we have ice cream and dessert and the irony, you know, more normal stuff sometimes. Uh, the irony of this whole thing is that Georgia has gone on to create and become an entrepreneur and start a cookie business. So obviously what we, we repressed and suppressed her desires to eat cookies and to the point where she's like, well, I'm just gonna have to go start a whole factory around this. So she doesn't eat cookies. She's just forcing other people to eat That's right. That's often actually the case. I want to hear, I, I really, that's what I want to go next. Diabetes like, by proxy. We talked about nutrition. I want to hear about George's Bake Shop and how we got to that. And then um, got to move into athletics. I, I, I've been baking ever since I was really young. It's just always been like a hobby. Just like I loved not even the product. Like I don't bake to create a product. I bake because I love the process of baking. Sure. And and we started having the idea like a year and a half ago. We we're like, oh, I could like make money doing this right? Like this is not something I can just 
spend money on, but also be making money and also doing it in larger scales. Cause like I would bake something, cakes, cookies, and then distribute it to my neighbors. And just, we wanted to be able to get what I baked to a larger number of people. And so in the past couple of months, we've been working on Georgia's bake shop, which has been like a passion project for sure. And just last month, I I shipped out my first and delivered my first batch of cookies. I think I made 400 cookies last month. Um, Yeah. And this month, it's definitely going to be more than that because we have some more people who have subscribed. The the idea is that once a month, you get delivered or shipped, depending on how close you live to me, a dozen cookies. So last month, it was all of my signature chocolate chip cookies, which, which I've been developing for like eight years now. So I have like my perfect recipe. And then this month it's half of my chocolate chip and then half of it, it's called a trash can cookie. So it's <laughs> butterscotch <laughs> chips, pretzels, chocolate chip, and caramel. And so that's that was the idea was to have a different flavor each month. That's cool. I was thinking maybe turmeric, ginger, ghost pepper would be the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I will say Blackberry, too? Blackberry, tuna. Um, she is not just full of it when she says that it's like she does enjoy the process. It's really interesting. Like when she has a really stressful week at school and tons of homework, it'll be like nine o'clock at night and she's like, I'm going to bake now. And mm-hmm. it because it's actually a stress reliever for her. So for me, like baking at nine o'clock at night would be like not a stress reliever, like at all. But for her, she really just gets into the groove and it really like, like if she feels stressed and she wants to like take it down two notches, she bakes. But I love the idea of of, that you recognize that you love the process, not the, not the end result as much. Yeah. I don't, I don't really eat anything I bake, which is something I've noticed. Like if I bake a cake, like I'll have a bite of it, but like it gets eaten by these three and not by me. So it's become a struggle in our house. I went through a phase where I was baking cakes and cookies every other day. And these people were like, dude, you can't do that because then we eat it. (laughs) And yeah. so there was a rule in our house for a little while before G's Bake Shop that I had to give stuff I baked away because it couldn't sit in our house and be eaten. Yeah, there was a time when we were in COVID lockdown where Georgia made like a cake or cookies literally every single day. And Kelly and Carol, even Caroline, I think we're like, stop, stop. We can't, we can't take it anymore. So yeah, we had to, we had to make a moratorium on it living in our house in any way, shape or form. Well, I think it's also, I love that every woman in Georgia's sphere and every person that Georgia knows, even you all works for themselves. And I I actually think that Georgia last year was a a lifeguard and obviously couldn't take working for the man. Like she had to be at a certain place at a certain time and be underpaid. And she was like, I'm never doing that again. So, you know, welcome to uh, the rest of the world. You know, Georgia's all of her aunties and family and friend all, uh, you know, run the show. I love it. Yeah. I, I'm wondering, did you guys, Kelly and Julia, have a plan for healthy, active kids when you first had kids? Like they come out of the womb and start voodoo flossing. And I mean, or, or were you, was it yeah, just sort of like you're active people, they followed along? How, how'd that work? I mean, I think it was mostly number two, you know, I think we really were like, Hey, you know, we've always, even, you know, when we owned a commercial gym, like we've always had a home gym. I think we always sort of took the philosophy that it's like, look, if our kids see how important it is to us to move and exercise and have movement in our life and have community around movement, because that's the other big thing about it is we never, ever just like 
you know, gone in and been quiet with our headphones on our Peloton. Like for us, all the exercising at our house is always really community focused. Like there's always people and people coming over. But then at some point, I think we did sort of make the conscious decision that like, like my parenting style is like you have choice, but within a window. So your choice isn't unlimited. Your choice is between often this or this so that the kid still feels like they have choice, but they have to do like one of two things as opposed to like, you can choose not to do something. So I think our philosophy on movement was always, you have to move your body, but how you do that can be your choice. So if you want to, you know, do jujitsu or, you know, dance or CrossFit or do play a sport or whatever, like sky's the limit. Like we'll support any movement choice you want to make, but you have to move. And especially when they were little, we're like, it has to be in an organized sport because it's just otherwise, you know, it doesn't happen if it's not in some kind of organized environment. So true or false. Yeah. Your dad has never made you cry training in the side yard. False. Yeah. So, you know, we just, we, we, I think we consciously were like, they've got to move. And, you know, I think they see that movement and always moving and exercising is important to us because of how we live our lives. But then we also said, look, you have to move. Like we've always said, like, look at Georgia, like we don't care if Georgia plays sports in college, but we hope that we send her off knowing that she feels better if she exercises and then decides to do it on her own. Like when she's an independent yep. person in the world, like to me, that would be a win as a parent that she like has learned how to move and knows that she feels better and it's a stress reliever well, if she does. Well, let me put that to you guys. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think? How have you perceived learning how to strength train? Mm, I or, think, or sports or anything, not just strength train. Yeah, I just water polo has been really helpful because sometimes I'm like tired in the morning, don't want to do anything, and then I and then you guys maybe go to water polo, and I might not want to when I go, but when I'm go, but after I'm, I'm having fun and awake. Yeah. Jason, are you in this last year really took to strength training? What was the difference for you? Like actually like Olympic lifting, deadlifting, breathing really hard. What, what What's the switch? Wanting to be really strong for, I have my last season of high school water polo coming up captain. in August and I'm the captain of the team this year. And I think playing, I think that was part of my motivation was be, I want to be the best version of myself as an athlete coming into my high school, my last high school season. And also like, I want to, I want to be strong and I want to be able to do this. Like I want to be able to do things in my life and not be limited by my fitness ever. And also I have like kind of what Bear was saying is that I lack motivation. Sometimes I feel like, oh, I really do not want to go out and do an hour workout. Like that sounds horrible. But then when I'm doing it, I feel good. And I feel my body feels better than sitting on the couch. And so like, that's also been a motivation is learning that like, I really do feel better if I'm working out and I'm training and I'm moving and walking. I'm wondering, and, like, do, you, do you, I'm sorry. I'm go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm wondering, do you think your parents ever lack motivation to go out and work out? I think, I think my parents have, they have a lot of, they have a schedule. They say, we're going to do this, whether we feel like it or not. And of course there are some days where we're blown. We've been working, we've come home from traveling. Like there's always days that you just are super tired and need to take a rest. And I, I think that happens sometimes, but like, also if my mom says she's going to work out at four, she's going to work out at four. Like, like, that's how it goes. And I'm sure like they lack motivation, but I think 
scheduling. Like my mom works out 7 a.m. with a group of friends, like Monday through Friday and like showing up because other people are showing up. I think that's a big part of it as well. How did you guys navigate that as, as parents, right? Because I know there was times when I was playing soccer, I was wrestling same season, and then also coming to the gym to train. And so like these things, they, they pile up, right? On top of school. So we always say you have a stress bucket. And when that bucket is, is filled, it starts to overflow, uh, it becomes too much for you to handle and too much for you to recover from, right? And that could be anything, emotional stress, physical stress, all of this stuff going on in your life. So how did you guys handle that as parents? Because I'm sure sometimes you noticed, hey, this might be too much to add this in. What did you guys do in that scenario? Because I know for us, it was like, there was times when my dad would look at me and be like, hey man, we're not going to train this week. We're just, you're just going to go to your sports. You're going to focus on school. And that's that, right? Was there a special way that you guys navigated that or was it similar? Let's say my girls, one, are really excellent movers and they have been for a long time. And I, I would like to say that that was my brilliant coaching, but I think it's really about uh, they mimic their, their mother. Uh, no, it's that we really are about as much exposure to as many different sports. So both our kids ski and they can ride bikes and they hike and they both paddle. And I don't know if you saw on Instagram, but Caroline just kicked riverboarded the lower gorge of the South Fork of the American and, and they can strength train and they play water polo, et cetera. So, so really trying to keep this diverse movement skill set because people learn best in games and in play and the the gym is neither of those things and it's it's something that i really struggle with as a coach is that i don't need to gamify anything but for the kids i do need to think in those terms music is up loud sometimes we let the intensity find us as it were and you know one of the things that we worked on so like georgia last semester didn't have a sport instead she trained five days a week and she trained with her uh, current boyfriend and they love to lift weights. George is like, I'm going to deadlift 300 by the time I graduate from high school. And I'm like, I think this is a reasonably reasonable life goal. And with Caroline, who is doing more around year round swimming, we ended up doing little 20 minute sessions. So could we go and could I choose one or two things? I called it skilled conditioning or skill movement, strength skills, where it might be handstand holds and rear foot elevated split squats for 20 minutes. And we're Caroline will choose the music. It's untimed. I know they're getting some cardiorespiratory demand, conditioning demand, other places, but we would just put in these movement snacks where Caroline would go out and maybe just overhead squat and muscle snatch the bar for sets of 10. And then that would be, would be good. We do five sets of that. And it was just about maintaining movement patterns. And right. Um, right now they're both doing, you know, swimming, getting ready for JOs. And there's some double days where they're both swimming twice a day and playing twice a day. And I think we can pull all of it out a little bit, you know, and, and even just today, I was like, Hey, we should just do keep our eye on a couple things, you know? So, I mean, what would you say, Caroline, how do you feel like we have solved that need of, of not adding in strength conditioning or adding in strength conditioning on top of everything you're doing? What was the question again? Sorry. Like, how do, how do you feel like we balanced being doing gym work instead of just sport work? Uh, I think you balanced it pretty well because you just like made sure like if I had done water polo today, I'd moved at least. And then if I, if I really needed to, I would go and do a little mini workout or something like that, which is what I actually prefer because it's just easier, I guess, but like still like helpful. I think something that I found really helpful was like scheduling a time that it was going to happen like we're gonna put this on like literally on our family calendar like 
like during high school season, I practice six days a week and then I practice from three to five thirty, and then I have homework from five thirty to ten. And so, like having something like you're gonna train, it's gonna happen for for fifteen minutes. Like you have fifteen minutes in your schedule, it's there. Like we're all gonna be ready then. Like I think that was really helpful. But like my dad was talking about right now with our double days. Like I swim from seven to eight thirty in the morning, and I practice from five to seven thirty in the evening. And I have yeah. no desire to go out into our backyard and press or lift or anything. I'm just like, let me lay on the couch. Let me let me do nothing in between these practices. And I think the little sessions have been really helpful. Like, oh, let's go press for twenty minutes. It it's not tiring. It's not going to make you sore. Like you can keep playing your sport, but we're also getting strength training in. Yeah, I dig that. Right. It's just kind of pulling back on the intensity, but like you mentioned, Kelly, just kind of keeping patterns as the core. Um, Yeah. And I would say that, you know, we, we put a lot of time in like our girls are fluent. Like Caroline did a whole six months of Olympic lifting training at an Olympic local Olympic lifting club. And so our kids speak this language. So even if we're, you know, like George, I'm like, you can always go out and front squat, you know, five triples at, you know, with no weight and you're never going to be sore. And they speak that language now and they can do that and they can, continue to pull those things in. And, you know, Caroline loves to, uh, she's a goalie. So we train her like a goalie, just peak power. So everything we do is about peak power repeats, which is I think a little bit more fun than kind of classic conditioning. So I'm just going to tell the story because it was already brought up by Kelly himself. But the reason that Caroline went and did some Olympic lifting is we put it on the calendar and Caroline was going to do some lifting with Kelly and kind of learn like the major lifts with him. And then they did like two or three sessions and Kelly made her cry every time. (laughs) So, so I was like, I will be signing her up for a gym and yeah. paying only because I, only because though, I quit. Caroline didn't yeah, quit. Yeah, I, I was quit. like, I was like, I have this very functional coach here, right, right here in the garage. But so it was fine. We just realized we needed to outsource that for a little while. And what was interesting is we sent her for like six months to this Olympic lifting gym, which is awesome. And Marin Heavy Athletics. Marin Heavy Athletics. Shout out to them. Those great guys coaches. Are great. And then I think she, I think she used that time and really kind of learned how to be comfortable with a lot of the lifts that Kelly was trying to teach her. And then it did make it easier when she stopped going there to come home and work with her dad. And there wasn't as much conflict because she was like, I already kind of know how to do all this stuff. And so it was more about programming. So it was just kind of, you know, it's, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you know, outsource, even if you have the skills. Expert is someone lives a mile away. I'm down with that. I kind of had a question in our kicking around about that idea of, you know, the button pushing that can go on and, you know, knowing somebody so intimately and how sometimes it can make it a little more intense. We definitely had those experiences along the line with all our boys. And there were times it's like, okay, somebody else or no, over there. Or Connor would, uh, when he was learning to, to clean, would hitch, pull a bar up to mid thigh and then hitch the bar and, and hitch up. And I must've worked with him for two years. I'm like, 14 to 16 years old, 16 years old, he gets his license, comes home from getting his license, walks in the door, says to me, I'm going to go see Coach Bergner. We live 45 minutes away from us. Awesome. <laughs> goes up, sees Coach Bergner, comes back down and goes, Dad, Dad, do you know what? Do you know that I hitch? Coach Bergner told me how to fix that. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate yep. that. <laughs> yep. Two years. I think I must have, I must have run upstairs screaming. It's off my lungs. <laughs> Well, you know, I think the real test of this is, you know, Julian and I, because we're around professional sports and collegiate sports and all levels of premier level sports, we have no aspirations for our children to be elite. If they're elite and they're going to do that, that will happen automatically. What we wanted was that our kids could eat 
and know how to feed themselves. They, they, they weren't going to self-soothe and go off the rails. They knew how to sleep and manage that sleep hygiene, which they're both really good at. And also they knew how to just, what's a movement practice look like? And I honestly feel like Georgia will go to college in a year. And as per her, her touring with Juliet and the, the, seven colleges you guys looked at recently she rated every weight room and she was like yeah we had like we made these like like lists we were like okay overall which school did she like the best and then we had like an entirely separate list about like which schools had the best gyms and we were like go out of our way like we'd leave the formal tour and be like can someone point us to the gym and then we'd like tour the gym or self-tour the gym. What'd you think about that, G? I would say there was a couple schools that I was like oh my god like I could totally go to school here and then I was like I see the gym and I was like not I don't know if I can go to school here. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's definitely a couple places where, uh, well, one place in particular I will not name, but I was like, oh, I I like I could see myself here, and I walked in the gym, and I was like, I cannot see myself here. I would the weight room, <laughs> the weight room had not a single female in it. It was filled with, 150, college dudes doing their funny machine weightlifting, and there was not a single rowing machine or really any other cardio than a treadmill. And I was like, wow, like this is not my school. <laughs> At one point you're like, the rowing machines were so far from the kettlebells. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, by the way, side note. I don't know if you guys have been in these these college gyms, but they're still like totally 1980s where it's like they do have like the cardio, but sometimes it's 400 meters away from the weight. So if you want to do like anything resembling like a, even a CrossFit-ish workout, you'd have to no, no matter what, like add a 400 meter run in between. So you like row, run 400, do a lift, run back. It's yeah. really interesting. Let me ask you this, Caroline. Do you feel like it's an advantage to you? You're 13, a rising freshman. Do you feel like it has been an advantage to you in your burgeoning water polo experience to have some background in strength conditioning nutrition? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. Because I mean, I do want to play college water polo. And I just, I really think it will be helpful just to know what I need to do and how I need to help myself. Uh, I, I, we had a goalie coach at one of our just traditional club practices. And I asked him, I was like, Hey, that's my younger sister bear in the cage. Like, what does she need to get better? What is, she would never ask you that, but like, what, what do you think she needs to get better? And he said, if we could train her legs, she has the, she has the uh, reactivity, but if we can just get her a little higher out of the water, she'll be able to get there. And we went home and bear started really getting stronger and just little things like that, that a lot of kids can't just go home and start squatting and deadlifting. And I think that's something that we have been working on to get bear really strong in the water and just things like that, that make a big difference. Yeah. And I I think that that speaks to me a lot too, uh, which brings up a question that I have for you guys. What's the best thing in your opinion? I want to hear from both of you. What's the best thing you think uh, that you've taken away from growing up the way that you did, right? Because for for me, it was the little things like that. It was having a platform to be able to do things uh, and learn things that I would have never have learned without uh, growing up in the family that I did. It was, you know, being able to go home and have access to world-class coaches, right? Go home and be able to uh, know how to set a long-term goal and chip away at that. Things that you don't really necessarily find in today's society as a kid. So what's your guys's like biggest, best takeaway from growing up in the family that you did? This is just mainly to our family specifically, but because my dad's a PT, as you all know, uh, it's been really helpful because I just know how to mobilize myself now. Like when I went to this holiday camp for water polo, 
And I where was your camp? Where was Colorado, that camp? In Colorado Springs at the Olympic D- Training Center for this oh, program called ODP. It was very fun, cool. which, which stands for Olympic Development Program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. It was really helpful because I actually hurt my shoulder during that on like the second day. Did you hurt your shoulder? I think I overused my shoulder. <laughs> I definitely overused my shoulder on the second day and I kind of freaked out because I thought I was going to have to miss a lot of it because it hurt to use. And I got out of the water and I asked the medical staff they had on hand. There was a bunch of other kids who were like little injuries and stuff. And she basically, she was trying to be helpful. There's a bunch of kids who were injured and stuff, but she basically just told me to go stretch a little bit. And she gave you a big ice. She, yeah. She's like, she's like, here, have this ice. And I'm like, no, thank you. And I went and called him and I brought an H wave with me. <laughs> and I brought an H wave with me. And it was very helpful because I, Pump my shoulder all night, and then the next day I was back. It brings up really the idea that well, just because you know we had to say, hey, and de-escalate that. We're like, hey, that woman didn't know you and had a lot of kids to manage, and plus her own job. But uh, you know what Caroline did is uh, she did soft tissue work. She mobilized the tissues. She did some injury geometrics, and then she pumped, and then she was back in the pool immediately. Kelly, Kelly's getting all technical, but he was very proud because he was like, "Wow, my kid is like 13. thirteen. She's alone at this, you know, living in the dorms, and she's at this like high level thing. Doing eleven she, sessions. Yeah, doing eleven sessions, and like had a little issue, and was able to like hours. manage it." on her own with some, I mean, not on her own entirely, but like with some guidance, she was able to manage it on, on her own. And I think that was probably a peak moment for Kelly Starrett. The other thing is I'll say we planted some seeds. You know, we're, one of the things that I want every coach who's got kids to do is get involved with their teams, which is of course easier said than done. I know you know what I'm talking about, Martins, but Julie, uh, Georgia and Caroline's, uh, high school water polo coaches have been our athletes for over a decade. So we have coached them, you know, you guys know Jerry, uh, Mary and Jamie Colley are world-class coaches, national coaches, and are really good movers and understand all of this. And also turns out that Mary was at the camp and she was like, Oh, no problem. Here's a little internal rotation. Let me do some soft tissue and some isometrics. And so we had planted, you know, planting those seeds means that, you know, people didn't default to emergency mode, that there was a, a plan to manage this appropriately and move on. And when Caroline had some tools to do that, we see that as just as important as I know what to eat when I'm done with practice. I know what to do to warm up and prep. You know, it's, it's actually preparing your children to go into the world. It's yeah. You gave her autonomy, right? Like the biggest piece, the biggest takeaway that she just explained was you guys gave her autonomy to, to take care of herself without you guys. And I also think that's a really key piece is you're at this place alone where the experts are telling you to do this one thing and you have enough self-awareness, self-knowledge to go, you know, that's not the right for me. This is what I need to do. And that's really some, that's really something special. So I'm thinking there's three key pieces that I'm hearing repeated, and that is the autonomy, the exposure, just to all the things, to all the ways to move. Decades of exposure, like nearly two decades of exposure. And then learning what motivates you, and each individual is going to be different, how they're motivated. So autonomy, exposure, motivation. And not all, I want to just say, not all the experiments worked. Like I was hanging out with this person who was like, you know, you should really drink goat milk. And I was like, cool. And I had some goat milk and it was really remarkable. And I came home and Georgia was a baby. 
And I was like, this family is only drinking goat milk from now on. And I uh, got some goat milk and we gave Georgia a bottle of goat milk. And she was just like, and just chuck the goat milk across the room. And then I was like, I don't see what the big deal is. And I took a big pull of the goat milk and just pr- proceeded to retch in the sink for like 10 minutes. And uh, that was the goat mi- milk experiment. I just think you have to keep working it and keep making nuances and try things. And goat milk was a failure. Well, and not to take over this interview, but I still think Georgia has to answer that one question, yep. which is like the biggest thing, right? Yeah. I would say a less serious answer than bear. It's been a lifelong goal of mine to walk into a college gym and be able to outlift every guy in there. And so I think that's something that has given me motivation. I want to be able to pull heavier than the guys in the weightlifting gym. And so I think that has that's that's something that has come from both of them is being able to weightlift and like I have a lot of a lot of friends in as swimmers we don't do a lot of like body weight really it's a lot of swimming which is just loose and you're not ever using really like you're you're not there's no impact ever on any of your muscles and so I have a lot of friends who have a lot of shoulder problems and are just really really weak and can't squat and can't can't pick things up just because they and they get injured all the time and I think a big thing that I've come away with is a the weightlifting because I think that's super cool and then b like injury prevention and understanding that if I don't work my shoulders, I'm going to get injured. And if I don't move right, I'm going to get injured. And if I don't, if I don't take care of my body for my sport, I'm going to get injured. And so like that, that's like, I have yet to have like a major injury that's taking me out of my sport. And that's definitely. A Do you mean, except for catastrophically breaking your okay, leg well, on trampoline? Learning that was different though. That was that's different. different. I haven't had a sport related injury because I've always felt like I can, I've been able to stay strong. What are your favorite movements that you think make your shoulders bomb-proof? Kettlebell swing. I really like kettlebell swinging. Snatching. 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 I think think right as I started snatching, I could feel a difference in the water just because when I'm swimming, one of the first things to go isn't my breath. Like I'm fine physically, but my shoulders start to burn. Like I'm in pain because my shoulders are working so hard and that has gotten – it's been easier to swim long distance and for harder once my shoulders got stronger. I'm looking forward to hearing about when you break that record. (laughs) In the college gym. And we're going to need to like secretly arrive and somehow get it on video. I feel like the uh, the media machine that is your family will find a way. Yeah, Yeah, definitely brand X approved. That is is just awesome. Uh, Hey, look, hang muscle snatch. I mean, if you can't hang muscle snatch, you're not even a star at Right. <laughs> yeah. Give it up. Well, you might so, you might know that we in our brand X world are are pretty pro strength as well, and lifting and power lifting, and those are our jam. So we'd love to hear that. Pretty pro. Do you guys do you guys prefer front squatting or back squatting? Front squatting. I don't like the back squat. Uh, no back squat. They both have a place. <laughs> they both have a place. <laughs> I I only front squat right now. I want to have a question for the two girls, two ladies. You talked about, Ramon talked about your movement history, kind of just this broad movement history. What did, can you kind of describe, like from, you know, from birth to where you are now? We got water polo, we got lifting. What would it look like when you were young? I would and say two. a lot of like, we did a lot of ticks, I remember, like finding a way to, when, especially when I wasn't playing a sport, like finding a way to build conditioning. And so I do like 
like when I was younger, I'd do presses and like a run up the street, just easy things like that. Or we used, a, I did a lot of like kettlebell work. Like we did a lot of Turkish get-ups just because like balance and strength and practice. And I think we did a lot of movement and then a cardio mixed with that movement. So like basically like little forms of CrossFit, like when I was younger. What sports? Like, uh, I played volleyball until I was 11 or 12. And I you thought- swam. Okay, but I thought I was really serious about volleyball. I thought I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna become a volleyball player. Like this is who I am. And then I broke my leg on the trampoline and couldn't really run or jump and started swimming. And Bear actually started playing water polo first. And then so I went to a couple water polo practices and it turns out I had a knack. Like that's how my brain worked. And so I started playing water polo. But it was that those are the main two. We guys in and what about Muay Thai G? Tell them about oh, Muay Thai. I did. I learned I started kickboxing. That was really exciting. Kickboxing or Muay Thai? Muay Thai. Apologies. So I think that I play, I do that. I swim for the swim team less now because I think swimming is the worst part of water polo is the up and down swimming, but I do it for, so that I can be better at water polo. I mean, Bear and I have always skied. We paddle. I've always paddled ever since I was younger. I've been on the river paddling, but I think we've done a lot of things together collectively and that we've both kind of landed on water polo. Yeah. Well, and G, you did one year of the mountain bike team. I yes, I I mountain biked. I was the only girl on the high school mountain biking team for the whole year that I was on it, which was very interesting because teenage boys are very scary to ride with because they have no thought process of danger or fear. So <laughs> I would I would be following it's, I'd be following fifteen teenage boys down a gravel road going I swear forty five miles an hour, and I think that was good. That was good in fear training for me. So I think I've like definitely I've found my main sport, but throughout the years, I've done a lot of things before I've found something that I was like, this is what I want to do. What about you, Starsky? Talk about your sporting history. I think. What are your first memories of training? We're playing. We're playing. I think my first memories are either maybe trying to do swim team and legit having to stop mid lap to hang on the lane line because I was so small and young. (laughs) <laughs> and then I do also have some random memories. Yeah, I was four. I also do have some random memories of me trying playing soccer because I played soccer for like maybe three years, I think. And then I really, I'm not a big runner. I don't really like running, which is why I play water sports. Um, and then I did volleyball along with G at one point. I think I followed her. And then what else did I do? And then I think. Maybe before COVID, I did MMA, which is mixed martial arts, for about a year. And then I didn't actually advance. And I kind of stopped. I was like, I'm done with this. I'm not advancing anywhere. But you can still choke your friends out. <laughs> yeah, I can still put someone in chokehold. So self-defense. Can I tell a funny story about your soccer? Sure. So Caroline was probably like five or six. And you know, it's like when they do like the swarm soccer where they're just swarming around the ball. And yeah. Kelly and I were sitting on the side and Caroline was like, kind of just sort of like, I don't know. She was running, but nowhere near the swarm and nowhere near the ball. And I think (laughs) Kelly yells out, Caroline, try to get the ball. And she stops and looks at us and she goes, I can't. Somebody's using it. (laughs) And and then we looked at each other. We're like, I don't think soccer is this kid's sport. (laughs) So I will also say that when they were really little, they both did some ballet. Um, (laughs) And, uh, 
I mean, let's just say it was obvious from the beginning, given that they're related to us, that maybe, and they both did some gymnastics yeah. as little kids too, which we thought was great, but we never had literally an, a moment of ambition for them in either endeavor because, I mean, look at us. Whatever. I'm a dancer. <laughs> so. I believe, I believe any star outs can do it. Whatever. <laughs> Put it on the schedule and you'll be ballerinas. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I think our kids are starting to, you know, it just takes a minute to let the water kind of, you know, settle in and percolate in. But, you know, they both realize how fun it is to be fit and on adventures. Like we went backpacking last summer and Caroline, there was two other boys who were a little older than Caroline or around the same age. One was older, one was and one was older, one was younger. And Caroline just destroyed them. And they were just mopey and floppy and could barely carry their stuff. And Caroline was like, what is wrong with you? And then she's like, oh, I get it. I'm fit. <laughs> and uh i think those those things start to really do pay dividends and they're they're getting it you know and i really i can't i you know watching having a mother who's a three-time world champion having all of these aunties around the house who may or may not have gold medals everyone is fit around them and everyone has an ass and everyone has biceps and the girls are just as good as the boys at everything that happens so i, I just that is really the model if you want your kids to do something that you better be doing yourself well, and, and I just want to shout out to them because I don't know if you guys have spent any time watching or ever played water polo, but it is so hard. Brutal. Do you guys have water polo players in the family? Are there Martins? Yeah. My, my first my first adult job was being a water polo coach. Oh. I, okay. played, I played through college. Oh, Here's I didn't know. I, what? That was goalie. That was goalie. we never... By the way, and I played three broken noses. I played a few years through yeah. middle school, right? And then uh, first year. Yeah, first oh my year. God. I can't believe I didn't know this. Did you know this? I had no idea. This is like a revelation for me. That's amazing. Well, so you guys know how, I mean, the, the one of the things we love about water polo is it's so hard and most of the parents have not played it, which actually I think limits the amount of crazy parent acting that can happen because, you know, it's like there can't be a lot of coaching from the sidelines and sort of weird, you know, things that happen in youth sports often. It does happen sometimes, but I think less so just because it's such a hard sport and, you know, like Caroline has this amazing coach, this guy, Mark Anderson, and somehow he teaches little kids to like water polo, which I think is like, I don't know how the guy does it. Like he is like, it's amazing because it's so hard. I mean, I don't know how you get an eight-year-old kid to be like, sure, I'll just tread water and go back and forth across the pool with my hands out of the water. Let like me, how do you ask, get an eight-year-old to like that? Like it's really a special skill. How do your parents do who are hyper-competitive but try not to be. How do we do as parents on the sideline? I would say during my high school games, I hear nothing. So they could be screaming. And sometimes he is. Sometimes he goes, yeah, gee. And there's very, very, <laughs> it's very occasional that I hear it. But I would say you guys do. I think if if I care, they care. If I don't care, they don't care. Like if I if I was really upset about losing a game or not getting playing time, they they are also upset about me losing a game and not getting playing time. But if I'm like, hey, like I like I'm not really focused on this season. Like it's like I didn't really care about that game. I played fine. Like it is what it is. They're like, okay, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big part of it is not feeling like, oh, I have to play for my parents. Like I'm playing for me and my team. And that like even if I lose this game, I'm not going to come home and be talked to about why I lost the game because 
they don't care unless I care. I think I think that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Can I tell can I tell one really quick story though? This is one of my favorites. This is when Georgia was playing volleyball, which I will say is the opposite of water polo and seems to attract Most every parent who people. every <laughs> parent who is convinced that their child is going to the Olympics. But anyway, that's a side story. Kelly, we were at a water polo tournament and Kelly was sitting next to a dad and the dad said, "You know, Kelly, I heard a rumor that you actually don't care. And by the way, this is like, we're talking about volleyball. We're talking about like 12 U girls volleyball. And the dad says it's just you. He's like, I heard a rumor, Kelly, that you actually don't care whether this team wins or loses. And Kelly's like, yeah, I could care less. We're like, what are we talking about? It's 12 year old volleyball. That's not a rumor. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think it was just shocked. Like this dad was so shocked because he's like, yeah, I actually truly could care less if they went like that is not why my kid is in the sport to win random volleyball tournament that nobody's ever heard of. And they're 12. I'm generally worried about being that dad like shouting at you guys and being crazy. I mean, maybe I'm in like drink a protein shake. Having having <laughs> having met those dads, you're not. Like I've I've had some firsthand experiences with some of my old teammates and I maybe teammates this year but like like you're the opposite like you just like you're just helpful so, i think good job i think good parents job. can really ruin a sport for a kid i think that's yeah, definitely something you guys have worked not to do but i think i have some friends who have some parents that are crazy and scream at them and are like trying to coach them from the sidelines like from the bleachers and like i'm always like you have no idea what you're talking about like you cannot say anything about how your kid is playing but it makes the kids really hate the sport because mm-hmm. it's all about i uh, winning and losing being me- measuring their own success yeah and yeah. so i think we're really lucky to have avoided that mm-hmm. it really water polo does help because i mean i'm probably what like i've watched 100 water polo games now and i'm finally like oh it's when they swim over the body that they get the five meter mm-hmm. okay like like it's just so hard to understand what's going on underwater and how it's being refed and it's like i can't you know I, I it, that that does help. That makes it easier not to be crazy. Yeah. Once a year, I think when Keegan was, was playing, once a year we would have a parents against the kids game. Oh, I couldn't even do it. We couldn't yeah. even do it. it, was, really, it I really want to do that because what you ended up with was you know the kids going back and forth like this, and parents hanging on the side of the pool. I tried to and, drown, and there's utter silence after that about you know what's going on in the game. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is so physical and yeah. so hard. Yep. So and, hard. And the fitness level is that's required is so There's, the demand is high. Yeah. Well, you know, I really like one of the things I like about it is a you know, as Juliet and I have kind of mapped out our kids' athletic development, right? We've like we think you've got to have some exposure to an aerobic sport, whatever that looks like. However, you want to do that, because kids who have some kind of aerobic training early on, you can't catch them. There's some and the swimming is the piece, whether that's soccer or running, or you, you need to do something. They get hand-eye in this. You have to have a sliding sport sort of aspect. You need to surf or skateboard or, or, or ski or slide where you're just taking information. But I love the contact. I feel like that's one of the pieces that our girls have gotten. One is they're really competent in any water, which is very useful for Juliet and I as paddlers. And the girls are very, very competent and comfortable. But you guys are really comfortable taking the shots. It's fun. It's fun that they have a little bit of they're comfortable with that and it doesn't freak them out. And I feel like that today, particularly having children who are comfortable with contact, not necessarily collision, but contact is is useful. Yeah. MMA, Muay Thai, and water polo. 
pretty pretty good. And then plus deadlifts. Yeah. I guess one last question. What, uh, you know, cause we talked about the past growing up, what are some things that you guys would like to try moving forward that you haven't tried? Let me think things, things we've tried. Or we haven't tried that we would like to. I know it's hard. It's a short list. <laughs> tried everything. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I wish, I wish I liked running mm-hmm. because uh, you run sometimes. Sometimes, but if it can, I would rather swim. I'd rather do an hour swim set than run for thirty minutes, which I think has been engraved in me from swimming all my life. But I wish I liked running. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I wanted to like go on a run. She's not I, a heel striker, by the way. But She's I literally have, I literally have zero desire ever to go on a run. Sometimes I think I was like, oh, maybe I'd be a better athlete if I could run faster. But I think that is something that. I have maybe missed out on, but also I, all my friends as water polo players hate running. And I would say that. Yes. Yeah. And you guys are both good runners. Yeah. Let me give you one little hint. We have the skills. A little bit of advice that, or something that. Unwanted advice. You know, is unwanted, unasked for advice. You know how to kickbox, you don't have to run. Yeah, this <laughs> turns You, you definitely don't five, need to run away. For about five, five meters, you go like, no, I don't, I know how to fight. I'm not. My dad used to always tell me and my brothers, the only reason to ever run, guys, is if you're running to a fight. <laughs> <laughs> running to I, a fight. Right? I say in our family, I'm like, run to the cookies. That's what we yeah. say. That's an acceptable reason Great to run. <laughs> Wait, let me ask you guys this. Where did we get your parents get it 100% wrong? Because it is dangerous. You, you grow up in, in a gym, around a gym, around fitness. Where do we get it wrong? Yeah, Caroline? and I'd like to toss that question yeah. also afterwards back to the Martin Martin universe. I think the only thing you did wrong is the fact that the more strict you become, the more sneaky we become, the more we're able to get around stuff like that. Is that mostly with technology? I, no, I think that's demonstrated through candy eating. <laughs> is that... As like, we've, if like a like, I've become a pretty good liar. Around candy, <laughs> thanks. Around candy, the more you know. I love. I have a sweet tooth. That's that's okay. I, I appreciate yeah, I respect. Did, that. I descended from you. Yeah. Um, did you have a, a a sport or activity, a hobby that you'd love to try that you've never had the opportunity to try? I don't. I don't really think so. Like I've pretty much done a lot of that. I want all that I want to do. You're just about to drop into a two-week outward bound experience here in oh. like three, a couple weeks after Junior Olympics. Yeah. It's... Backpacking for a week and then paddling for another week. Mm-hmm. Oh, Prepa- I'm, I'm prepared to crush people and paddling. Then you've we never backpacked so for a week. Yeah. Nope. We are so lucky to have gotten time with you guys, uh, yeah. learning more and more about what you've been doing in your schedules. It's just amazing that you're both willing and that we have the opportunity to talk. Yeah. Gee, real quick, just back to you. Anything that we think we got horribly wrong is like athletic parents. This is your moment. Yeah, and wait, the, you Martins have to answer that question too. You want okay. to know everything we've done wrong? I, I, <laughs> we don't. We, that's a long list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been long time. Oh, horribly oh, wrong. Oh, you tried to put me in track. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> that was well. That wasn't my fault. The quick story on that is I put Caroline in track. And I'm like, yes, because she's first really grade. A, first grade. grade. She's like, and runs really well. Like her natural running technique is great. So I was like, perfect. And put this kid in track. And Kelly had bought her a little javelin, little like kitty javelin. And we show up and it's at a high school, like full size track. And the coach is like, okay, run four laps to warm up. 
And so <laughs> Kelly and I were on the side and Caroline was so little and like literally running four laps like at seven. her age is like saying like, hey, go it was run only, a marathon. It was only 800, up. but it was a long way. Whatever. It was just like watching her little body try to run that far. And she was like, yeah, this is not for me. I so, went to like two practice. Too early. Like, it was like, too I'm early. Out. I'm out. I put her yeah. in too early. Any other thing, Jay? Any, any one thing over there in Martin land? So there were times that I, rather than saying, I love to watch you play, but I got more into do this or do that. And, and then, but then, you know, got educated that that was not the best way to support their athletics. And, and I'm sure I know. I it was like a, Keegan, a let's specific Keegan respond. Let's Keegan respond to you. Yeah, what do you, what do you have to say, Keegan? I think my entire like experience, right. From 10 to 18, our business was the gym business. And so how do we best develop uh, youth athletes inside of the context of the gym? And it was all focused inside of those four walls that I feel like I missed out on maybe exploring outside more. But we did, did have an acre and a half that it was go outside and play. So there was, there was play outside every day, but like the hiking, rocking, paddling, like I would have loved to have more experiences. That was like, you know, training, but not in the, not in the, in the, not in the, the average sense of, of your training. Like most people think of tra- training a child as, okay, we're going to go in and we're going to go into the, the gym and we're going to train patterns or we're going to, you know, build a, an aerobic base or, which is what our business was, but they don't think of the training as going out and exploring outside of the gym. And I feel like that's, that's a piece because of what our business was. That's a piece. Yeah. That, right. yeah. I think, I think that's a, I think that's fair. Cause I probably contributed to that too. And then secondarily, uh, it's not entirely fair because you guys had huge garage doors and you were able to take the yeah. medicine balls into the parking lot outside the gym and explore there. Yeah, from my perspective and talking to our kids now who are growing up so we have connor's 30 or 28 and duncan's 24 yeah and so we have version one version two version three mm. of you know learning to coach and learning to work with kids and learning learning what was best best for kids and connor will tell you we did nothing wrong <laughs> and i can tell you of one horror story after another that we inflicted on Connor that's just was terrible. Can you guys see Connor's biceps? Yeah. <laughs> Something <laughs> wrong. Something went wrong. They're huge. So Keegan, Keegan will tell you, you know, a few things. Duncan has a list. <laughs> I got we got better and, and more understanding and more yeah. readers, and Duncan's like that. Did this, is this, did this. And you know, you yeah. just I, you do the best you can the with the with the information you have. Yeah. And you know, it's a wonderful job you guys are doing. Do you feel like there's pressure to be starrets? Yes. Yeah. Is that good or bad pressure? Not sure. Both. I think sometimes I have to be like just doing well sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm playing a sport. I run a bakery. I do well in school because that's what like we do is that's what we do is starrets. And then also like the pressure to me want to make you guys like feel like oh wow like george is doing a lot it's like good pressure for me like especially in school i think so yes both good and bad caroline will you answer that same thing like yeah i really don't know <laughs> <laughs> well i have to say that you guys the, the startup family 
all four of you are killing it. I, I Kelly and Juliet, you, you know, you guys have been mentors as well as friends. And, and what we see is just amazing. And I, I know that you are a beautiful model to lots of young people. And it, it makes us so happy since that's where we live, you know, like making sure kids get exposure, making sure kids get learn autonomy so they get to choose from the whole menu of life whatever life offers they get the big menu instead of the little tiny one right Right. because because you gave them what you gave them and so it's so awesome to see you ladies growing up i think when we first met you might have been (laughs) little yeah like toddlers yeah 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 yes 2000 2008 at the the aromas would probably be the first time yep yeah. Caroline was like actually six months old, I think. I remember Kelly walking by with a mess ball on your shoulder holding your daughter's hand. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, that was Martins, an allegory Martins, for parenthood, right? There. Martins, we adore you people and are such fans and so grateful for you on a thousand levels. And thanks for breaking the seal. I think we'll have the Star Girls on every podcast. No. Yeah, this is fun. I don't know if they enjoyed it. You guys, I don't know if they enjoyed it, but we did. We sure did. Thank you. One last plug for Georgia's. Uh, Bakeshop. Where can have- people find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram. My Instagram is a little bit different. It's G Stars Bake Shop. Stars. Stars. One R. Carol. Yes. G S T A R S Bake Shop on my Instagram. And then it's just Georgia's Bake Shop.com online. Fantastic. And of course, the ready state.com, which is yes. shows up. Programming probably and, and, every month. Yes, and we'll go be to the ready Thank you guys very much. Thank you, Thank so, you guys so much. Thanks, Martin. Thank that was so fun. Yeah. That's it for today's U18. Since we like to end with a gamer challenge, let's hear from a youngster in one of our Brandix programs about one of their favorites. This next game is Marco Polo Dodgeball. Establish a play area approximately 10 meters by 10 meters. Designate a Marco and provide him or her with a soft dodgeball. An example is a gator skin ball. Play begins as Marco faces the wall with eyes closed and calls out Marco. All the other polo players move around the play area and answer with polo after Marco is called. With eyes remaining closed, Marco attempts to hit any polo player targeted by sound localization. If a polo player is hit, he or she becomes Marco and a new round begins. You can add exercises if hit, of course. Have fun! Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. That was a youth fitness podcast, topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.